grow on a tree, so it's actually not a peanut. So my whole life has been a lie, so I'm a little worried about that. Because I don't like beans, but I like peanuts. But now I have to reevaluate if I actually do like beans. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I mean, I feel like beans is a, a wide variety. So you don't like any other bean? No beans, huh? I'm not... No, not really. I'm not a pork and bean guy. I'm not a green bean guy. But I do like peanuts, so apparently I fucking love beans. I just <laughs> never knew it before. So that's a little disconcerting when you, when you think you know yourself, and then apparently you don't fucking know anything. That's a little worrying. But um, other than that, I'm good. How are you guys tonight? I'm better now. I, I don't that. fucking know anything either. I don't either. fucking know anything. Ooh, I like that reference on Today of All Days, too, which, where was, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? Another Bill and Ted thing. Well, I I, I knew about it, but I felt like I thought it would get pushed back for COVID reasons, but they're going to release Bill and Ted, the third movie of the trilogy. Mm. I did not know the first thing about it, so... Totally took me by storm, and uh, I think you broke the news, so I'll look forward to it. I'm kind of a low-key, like, Bill and Ted is, like, I feel like nobody's favorite property, nobody's favorite movie, it's two movies, really, I guess you call it a series franchise in the world, but you're like, oh, they're doing a new one. Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah, it's like Especially all these years. Yeah, it's yeah. low-key also. <laughs> How you doing? How you holding up? I I feel like um, I am very slowly, bit by bit. Um, I mean, very slowly, just crumbling. Right. Uh, it's not a. It's not a. All of a sudden, it's not any big thing that's happened. It's just a a real chipping away. Eroding. Where like yes, eroding. Uh, the, the anxiety is is a little bit higher, just a little bit each and every day, and I'm not sure exactly why. Um, I mean, there's maybe a few minor reasons for that, but it's just sort of it, it's one of those deals where you look over your shoulder and you're like, uh, "That wasn't there a minute ago," <laughs> and it's getting closer. Yeah, like a tsunami. And, and, yeah. Yeah, and and it it all feels very uh, distressing, but I don't know. I mean, I guess that's a lot of us right now, so I'm not going to complain, but so much. Again, there's nothing big circumstantially going on, so I'll uh, I'll, I'll suck it up the best I can. Right. Yeah. 
Well, um, uh, like, like you, it's, it's a slow eroding, like, um, I, I, it's good and bad, like, you have good days, you have bad days, and then, you know, there's a lot of substances that have helped along the mm-hmm, way, mm-hmm. probably yeah. way, way too much, if I'm being honest. And we use these things as a crutch, yes. Like, admittedly, it's pretty pretty rough but um i can't talk myself out of it anymore it's just like nope yeah like why not because every day is either the A same or more <laughs> suckiness yeah sucky depression life sucky That's depression just... life yes yes um, well um now that we've got everybody all fired up for our show Absolutely, feeling, always. Filling themselves. Uh, tell me about our guest tonight. Okay, well, that's the thing. I This is why I like our guest tonight. And our guest is our friend, Calvin Crowell, which I don't know many people. I don't know any other people named Calvin. It's just a great name, a great alliterative name. And I'm excited because... I don't know very much about Sir Calvin, and he seems like kind of a colorful character. Mm-hmm. He's like sneakily one of the funniest people I talk to on a regular basis. Agreed. Like, he seems like one of those like doesn't have to try that hard to be really hilarious. Which I don't know that everybody responds the same way, but <laughs> his sense of humor, like, just kills me every time and that's why i am so looking forward to having him as a guest and learning more about him because i'm kind of coming into this blind um so how about you jenny uh do you know anything more than, than i do about no i think uh, he's so calvin enough. before i mean i know a on. couple of things more but uh, a couple of things but okay. we're gonna be talking calvin how you doing calvin i'm very good how are you guys tonight well, we're we're gonna be better after this, I promise. Yes, we I, are. I feel like this is gonna be highly therapeutic for all of us. I think the only one who's had a better day than us is the non Keanu Reeves part of Bill and Ted. I mean, what the fuck has that guy been doing for the last <laughs> ten years? Wasn't he one of the? Uh, hold on, he was one of the like uh, when Napster le- went legit. Uh, one of those investors, wasn't he? Was he? <laughs> Yeah, I'm serious. Like he was, he was so... again, though, Tim. That's like 1998. <laughs> yeah, I think he made his his money though, and like came out of it okay. What's the dude's name? Alex uh, Winter. Alex Winter. Right. I gotta I gotta look him up now. See, this is already Alrighty. one of those one of those side stories. <laughs> like I said. Are you <laughs> a, are you a Bill and Ted oh. fan, Calvin? I've never, I've never seen those movies. Oh no. man, I'm a huge Keanu Reeves fan, so yeah. I don't know why I haven't watched them. Oh, you'll but love I it. But I mean, Keanu Reeves peaked—he peaked at Johnny Utah gets the pizza. So <laughs> everything beyond that is just second rate to me. I mean, even the John Wick, which I love, it's still not Johnny Utah gets the pizza. So blasphemy! Wow. <sighs> All right. Well. Um... Calvin, 
we we ask we usually ask our guests is there anything off limits and we get various answers to that question and your answer was fuck no and so we're just gonna talk about whatever we get to um where are you from let's start with that um, I'm from New Jersey, uh, but the reason I said fuck no is because my life right now is very good, and the reason it's so good is because it was a quite debaucherous fucking mess for a long time. <laughs> so I want to, I think it, all of that is very important to have put me where I am now. So I don't want to leave anything out. Mm-hmm. No, let's lay it all out. Mm. So but, is this uh, where I'm you grew up? You grew up there. Yeah, I'm like three towns over from where I grew up now living, but um, it's a very backwards place. Um, it's about 97% white, um, and about 87% of those people have a Confederate flag in their yard. Oh, shit. Uh, Holy shit. So, yeah, so it's not a very diverse place, and... Uh, that's why this weekend we had a Black Lives Matter rally, and I was so surprised that we had about 75 people there. Twelve of those people were naked. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> but, um, 75 people for... <laughs> yeah, I mean, 75 people for a rally like that was surprising in our little neck of the woods because I didn't think 75 people around here even knew a black person. There's only, <laughs> there's only 75 people without a confederate flag <laughs> in oh shit yeah that's that's probably about it all the people without the confederate flag oh. except for me because i don't have one and i didn't attend the rally <laughs> although i did drive past it and see some of the naked uh things yeah. that they had to offer there anything good <laughs> uh i saw my first ever uncircumcised penis which was oh. uh quite the sight yeah, you yeah. know how in TV shows they have, like, little kids try to rob a bank by standing on each other's shoulders and hiding under a trench coat? <laughs> well, that's what this man's penis looks like. <laughs> it even looked like it was wearing a top hat, as they do usually in those shows. I've never seen a penis that looked like it had a hat on, so, I mean... That took me out for the rest of the day. I, I didn't stop thinking about it. I, I even... Woke up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat thinking about that man's penis, <laughs> which is not a common occurrence for me. I don't usually wake up thinking about men's penises. It is for but me, this happened, but not this. for not for that reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and there was another one there that looked like a hastily packed suitcase. <laughs> the man's penis did. Uh, was it like bulging so around was, the sides? <laughs> I don't Kind of, Tim. It, it looked like scarves were hanging out of it, you know, because there was just extra pieces of skin. Oh, there was, like, extra pieces of nice. skin. Trophy, like, I would, I was afraid for him because he's got to frequently catch that thing in the zipper when he goes to the bathroom because it was hanging so low, wow. like the gizzards on a turkey, kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, uh, I, can, I, mean, I can picture it. Was it only dudes? No, well, naked, yes, but there were women at the rally, but all the women were clothed. Mm, interesting. I'm not quite sure why anyone was naked at the Black Lives <laughs> Matter rally anyway. Like, I really don't know, but uh, our, our town... Seems a little town, opportunistic. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, our town is, is very, very s- socially, they're um, repressed. But as far as sexually, I mean, you'll see people doing anything anywhere in the town. They don't really care. Really? Like what? I mean, at, okay, let me tell you a story. I was probably about 21 or 22 years old, and I was at Walmart one day. And I saw a guy open up the goldfish tank, and he dropped trout and stuck two goldfish up his ass right in the Walmart. These are live goldfish. Yeah, yeah, live goldfish. I mean, that's probably the thrill of it, you know? Right. Swimming in there, and I don't think it would have had the effect if they were dead. Yeah, I don't think they would have had the effect if they were dead. But, I mean, to just do that in a public... If you're doing that in public, what the fuck are you doing at home? (laughs) So he just oh. stuck him up there and then, what, left? And then he pulled his pants up and he went about and bought his Lunchables or whatever the fuck he needed to buy at Walmart. <laughs> his hungry man dinner? I would assume. No, he was, I think he was a little bit too young for the hungry man. I think huh? he went with a Lunchable or maybe a kid cuisine oh, with wow. a really hard brownie. I mean, he might have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Was this person with anyone, or, or were they just flying solo, sticking goldfish no, up their ass? That's what I thought at first. That's what I thought at first. Like, oh, maybe it was a pranker. No, he yeah. was by himself, and after he had those goldfish up his ass, the smile on his face, I mean, he was quite satisfied with himself. Holy. He might also have been satisfied with the goldfish activity, not just himself, but he was yeah. quite happy. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, that's like a common occurrence. You gotta wonder how long the goldfish actually last <laughs> in that environment. Oh, <laughs> I would think not long. Not I mean, long. it's can be wet in there. It can be wet in there, so that could <laughs> lead to a little bit of a lasting effect. You but wonder, I mean, I would you think wonder if he did anything. Yeah, maybe he did something to make the environment more hospitable before. Like you what? know. It, yeah, like, I mean, you think he, he put an algae plant there? You think he, he put an algae plant up. from the Yeah, he, he looped it up. He, 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 you know, never know. Put some of those fish tops in there that yeah. at the bottom of the tank? Yeah, yeah. Some there rocks you go. and shit. All right. <laughs> but, I mean, the way he did it, with the smoothness that he did it with, this was not the first the fish goldfish that's met its demise. But, I mean, my Walmart is like that all the time. I mean, you walk in the bathroom and people are getting blowjobs, same sex, opposite sex, doesn't matter. And that's just what happens. And the security there just looks so overwhelmed all the time. Poor guys making eleven fifty an hour just have to go in there and break up money shots all day. I mean, I can't imagine their job. This, this sounds like a wild world. Yeah, like this is like Asbury, New Jersey. Um, uh, okay, yeah, we're only four from Asbury. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm only yeah. So I'm not far. So you know, kind of the demographic I'm in. I'm 30 minutes from Newark, which mm-hmm. is like the cocaine and heroin capital of the world. So even okay. the highway that's right in my town is called the heroin highway. I mean. And our death rate here is crazy. It's like 28% in the last couple of years from heroin. So Oof. that's the kind of area that that we're in. Um, it's not low income necessarily, but 
I mean, it's low IQ. I'll tell you that for the most part. <laughs> well, what do you do, Calvin? I work at a grocery store. I'm a manager at a Acme. Um, and again, and anyone who worked retail will tell you this. Some of the shit you see in there is amazing. And I mean, even now with the COVID-19 and stuff, People aren't taking the precautions that they should be taking still. I mean, mm-hmm. especially with little kids. They come in there with their little kid, and you see the little kid licking the floor. Gross. Like, Whoa. Yeah, but they don't They don't care. I mean, I see all the time. The little kids come in there with no masks on, which we are mandated for masks here. I don't know how you guys are. But uh, other than New York, we've probably been the hardest hit state with it. So we have oh. big restrictions here. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't... That doesn't affect people's nastiness. I mean, they're still just going to do whatever the fuck they want. And I'm sure anyone who's worked retail for a long time can tell you some horror stories of what people do. Well, that's what that's what I'm wondering. Um, sorry, Jenny, not to step on your toes. No, tennis. go for it. Um, you know, working in this environment and being growing up in this area, you, you kind of have a, a feel for what to expect, right? So I'm kind of wondering how you address or handle situations that that you're confronted with like I mean as a the one I think of like is, is shoplifting like a common seems like an innocent that's sort of the um lowest you know easiest thing to contend with all the way up to like as you mentioned, sex acts in Walmart or drug situations. I mean, what's the most extreme type of um, activity you have to contend with in this uh, well, retail setting? The worst one I've ever had to do, I'll tell you. I don't know if it's that extreme, but this old man came in, and I, I don't know if he was sick or what. He came in with a dog. It was not a service dog because it was shitting and pissing all over the place. So it wasn't like he was not able-bodied and this was a service dog. This was a regular dog. And this man came in wearing a trench coat. And Are he you sure it was a was... man or was it three children stacked <laughs> up on top? Or was it an no, uncircumcised no, no. penis with a dog? It was a man. And I'll tell you how I know that because I saw him naked later on. Okay. Let me tell the story. All right. <laughs> So, so this old man says, sir, where's the bathroom? Told him where the bathroom was. And it's about 15 minutes after that, and the whole store starts to smell like shit. Oh, no. So, okay, what, what, is, what is causing this? So, got to walk around and find out what's causing this. Because we frequently have people shit, you know, in the fitting room. They'll take clothes. When I used to work at Marshall's. They used to take clothes in the fitting room and shit in the pile of clothes and walk out. Good Lord. So, and this is when I was working at Marshall's. I was not at the grocery store yet, this this story of the old man. So, that's what that's the first place we go. We check the fitting rooms because people tend to think they're the bathroom for some reason. Nothing in there. I mean, the whole store, and it's a pretty big store. The whole store at this point is smelling like toxic fumes. So... We look everywhere, don't know where this man is. And I said, all right, maybe he's still at the source. Let me go into the men's room. When I went in the men's room, Tim and Jenny, it was like, okay, you guys ever see Game of Thrones? It looked like the red wedding scene in there, but without, with not with blood, with shit. 
There was shit on the mirror. No. There was, yes, there was shit on the mirror. There was shit on the ceiling tiles. What? How? Uh, How does this... He was covered in shit, so he was, and I said, sir, do you need help? And when I asked him this, he was now nude at the sink, completely naked. His clothes were hanging on the hook, covered in shit. He no. was washing himself off. I said, um, sir, do you need assistance? Oh, I could use some clothes. I said, you know what? I will buy you a change of clothes. I need you to leave. So I bought him a change of clothes just so he would leave the store because his dog was also still shitting on the floor at this point. Oh, my God. It, to- it took me three hours and 15 minutes to clean that bathroom to a point where we could let anyone in there. Or I mean, it was absolutely disgusting. Oh I wanted Lord. to call a hazmat. I wanted to call a hazmat team in. It was probably should the have. worst experience in my life. I mean, I wore a I wore a mask that whole time because the smell in there. I I don't know how to describe it. It was not something that came out of the human body. That smell. <laughs> so he just left. <sighs> I gave him clothes. Yeah, I bought him clothes and I made him leave. I wasn't. What was I gonna do? Wipe his ass? I mean, that it was the only thing. I, yeah, you gotta get him out of there because I had to have him leave because I don't know if he was sick. I don't know if he was gonna do it again. Yeah, I don't a know. Containment like situation. A situation where it, where it might have been a fetish situation. Like maybe he liked watching someone. Like, you know, like if I was in there cleaning it and he was still there, maybe he would start beating off in the bathroom <laughs> stall. I don't know. I needed to get him out of there. His thing is shitting all over him. Yes, watching, fetish. Watching uh, people have sleep. weird fetishes. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can, yeah, if you can think of it, it exists. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I had to get so him out of there. I just, I don't think most people are cut out for this kind of thing. No, just, I would quit my job immediately. Yeah, if that's if that's me, or honestly, most people I know would just be like, "I'm sorry, it's not worth it." No. I, you know, take off my apron and. And walk out. Well, that's just... the thing. I, I have people that work there that were in janitorial and stuff. I was not going to make them do that, making, you know, the minimum wage that oh they're making. God. So I figured, you know what, it's my place. Let me do it because I'm at least making decent money. So that's why I did it, even though I'm in the position to make someone else do it. Mm-hmm. So you I'm really... not doing that to someone who's making minimum wage. Because, I mean, I was, a kid at, I was a kid at one point. I know what it's like to... Do that kind of shit, you know? Not not that, because I've never experienced anything yeah. like that. <laughs> but stuff like that where you're going, I'm not getting paid enough for this shit. Yeah. And I don't want my employees to ever feel like that. So I got to show them I'll do anything before I ask you to do something. Wow. And that was the worst situation that was ever going to come up. So I had to take the bullet on that one. So what I'm hearing is... Uh, you're somebody who just has this um, tremendous empathy, it sounds like, for mm-hmm. people who are kind of uh, under not just your employee, but kind of your care. You're sort of looking out for them and not wanting them to experience <laughs> some of the things that uh, may not be directly comparable to what you went through, but just that feeling of, God, you know, I'm I'm basically being made to do this and I have no choice and I'm not making enough money to even care about this job and yet this is this is what I'm having to do. Like by your own admission, you you said you used to be 
and this is your words, are real scumbags. So how does this, where does this change like occur? So I, I guess what are your, some of your scumbag experiences growing up? Like what, what's that well, whole situation, your family and your school and school life and just early experiences? What, why do you say you're such a scumbag? School is where I was a scumbag. But let me explain to you where the empathy comes from. I grew up really tough. I mean, I was born two months premature. I was only four pounds, four ounces. I was in the hospital for the first six months. Yeah, I was in the hospital for the first six months of my life. And I was born with a rare condition where I don't have depth perception in my left eye. So I can't drive ever because I have no depth perception in in my eye. Wow. So, like, I can see fine, but, you know, once in a while, I might bump into something, and you don't want to be doing that while you're driving, so I can't get a license. So, and I didn't have a good childhood. My dad been in jail since I was five. He's still in jail. My mom got addicted to coke later on in life after I was out of high school, so that was okay. I mean, she's out of prison now. She's doing great. So I've always, you know, had a tough life, and if I can... Now, now, this is my outlook. If I can avoid anyone else having a tough situation, I'd do it. Back in, like, high school and stuff, I wasn't like that. I was pissed off because I wanted an easier way than what I had. So I wanted to make everyone else's lives harder. Mm-hmm. And if you gave me any bullshit, like I've said before, I was Benoit to the bullshit. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I did whatever I had to do. And that's where... I say that I was a real scumbag uh, when I was growing up, but now I've I've corrected it. But if you want a story from my time as a scumbag, I'll tell you. So I've had like one serious girlfriend probably my whole life. Um, when I was in, you know, I've dated her from 17 to probably 22, and uh, she ended up cheating on me, and that's why I think I'm done with relationships forever because this was a bad experience. Yeah. But to get back at her, instead of, you know, just being the bigger person and walking away, to get back at her, I knew um, that her mom liked to drink, and I knew a bar her mom liked to go to. So one Saturday night, I went there. I paid probably about $300 to get this lady drunk, and mm. uh, I took her back home, had, had sex with her, had sex with my ex's mom. With her and mother. sent my ex a picture. Yes, and sent the picture of her mom in the morning and to my ex-girlfriend and said hey mommy says hi she's a better lady than you are i didn't pull out because i'm hoping to to make you call me daddy one more (laughs) (laughs) and to me like i feel bad about it now but back then it was one of my proudest accomplishments (laughs) she made my life a living hell so i wanted to get her back tenfold and i feel like i did that What was her response? Um, She didn't respond to me at all. She called her mother immediately. (laughs) And I only heard the one side of that conversation, but it was quite entertaining. (laughs) Wait, did her mom know you as her daughter's ex? Uh, Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. All right, so well. she just went for it anyway. She yeah. just got good and liquored up and said, eh. "Yeah, I gave her like two hundred dollars worth of free drinks." So she yeah. was like, "Fuck it, let's do it." <laughs> it's like y'all are broken up anyway. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, and then and I if mean, you're not, I mean, if like, you're not, you're gonna be. 
Well, no, she knew we were. She knew we had, we had been broken up. I mean, she cheated on me probably eight months before this, so we had been broken up a while. Okay. Um, and the and the mom wasn't even mad at me after I did that stunt. The mom was only mad at me after she hung up with the daughter, and I said, "So you want to go again?" <laughs> that was the only time I'm mad. But prior to that, the mom was cool with everything else. Which one was yeah. better? You said. Oh, the mom. <laughs> definitely. The mom? Wow. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, she probably told her daughter everything that her daughter knew, but she didn't teach her everything that she knew. So um, <laughs> there was a, different, a few different little tricks in there that her daughter didn't know yet. Comes with age, I think. For Yeah, for the most part, older ladies are always the better lay. I mean... And I only deal with professionals now at this point in my life, and it's mm-hmm. always, if they're older, they're better. It's almost a 100% rule. How much older are we talking? How old are you? I'm 33. Um, At that time, I was 19, and her mom was probably 54. Oh, God. Okay. And, and even now... um. I, like I said, I pick my women off of a website because I stick professional only at this point. Uh, because, you know, I could go out and hunt for my own food, but it's always easier to go to the butcher shop, so. <laughs> Once you're in your 30s, I feel like that's that's a good philosophy. <laughs> absolutely. It's kind of like paying for parking, you know. When you're younger, you're like, no, I'll drive around, drive around, try to find a space. And if I have to walk a little ways, fine. At least I'm not paying for it. But eventually you get to this place where you're like, I'm just going to pay for it. It's far easier. Well, that's the thing. That's Do aggravation. I, that's the thing. Do I really want to spend all night at the bar to have maybe a 45% success rate, yeah. whereas I could spend two minutes on my tablet and have a 100% success rate? Well, especially if you're not looking for a relationship anyway. It's just... Oh, no, absolutely not. A, a physical connection, not an emotional connection. Mm. <laughs> okay, I like it. Well, uh, I mean, do you have, like, a, a commitment phobia? I mean, is there is there a reason for not wanting the relationship <laughs> other than having been cheated on in the past? Um, no, I mean... If the right person came along, maybe. But, I mean, it's just easier to not have to put on airs and you don't have to be fake. Because at the beginning of any relationship, most people are at least 10 or 20% fake. I don't have to do that shit at all because they're getting paid regardless of what I do or how I act. So they don't care. So I could just be 100% myself all the time. And as long as the check clears, they don't give a fuck what I do or what I say. Here you go. Hmm. And you don't what? have to take you don't sound, dinner. You, know, you don't sound sold, Jenny. What's wrong? Well, I just mean, like, sometimes you might want somebody to give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, on, on a deeper level than just the sex. I'm sure you pay them enough they can act like they gave a fuck. <laughs> I got friends to give a fuck about me. I don't need a girlfriend to do that. Mm, okay. I got friends who are going to be upset if I die tomorrow. I don't need some girl I'm having sex with to do that. 
I mean, I kind of like that attitude. I'm not going to lie. I'd, I'd sort of relate to that in a way as someone who does not care about having a, a romantic relationship like at all and finds it the idea of it to be kind of more of a chore and a burden than mm-hmm. something fulfilling. I mean, I'm sure it is um, for for most people because that seems to be um, just the general uh, tra- trajectory. That's an easy word for me to say. I don't know why I always try to say that when I've been drinking, but <laughs> I do. And that's what that's what most people's life is and it it just sort of maybe there's a social expectation maybe there's some kind of personal you don't feel fulfilled unless you find the one and start a family and all this stuff and that's great but um i mean i don't think there's anything wrong if you don't feel that either and you just have you know hey Every now and then, I kind of just want to get off, and that's great. But um, I also want you to leave uh, in a in a few hours, or even that long, you know. <laughs> well, that's what that's what it is. I'm paying for the time limit, and it's totally worth it to me to pay for the time limit. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm paying for. That I know she's leaving in 45 minutes, and I don't have to be like, here. oh, I need I need you to leave. You know, I don't need to be like, oh, I need you to leave and come up with a bullshit story. When the clock runs out, she's leaving, and yeah. it doesn't matter what we're doing at that <laughs> point. And that's a freeing feeling. <laughs> yeah, that's a freeing feeling to know that person is leaving at this time, and you don't got to come up with a bullshit reason of why they got to leave, or you don't got to just have an awkward conversation about, oh, let's go to breakfast and talk about yeah. the weather. I don't give a fuck about the weather, and neither do you. So why are we going to sit here, eat pancakes, and talk about the weather? There's something freeing about not having to make small talk with someone that you don't really want to make small talk with. Because you already did what you really wanted to do with them. Exactly. I mean, in a relationship, it's probably different. But I don't want to wade through the eight or ten months it's going to take to build that connection. I just don't have the energy for that shit. If the energy, if the connection's not instant, then I just want you to leave as soon as the time runs out. I also think about a lot of the bullshit, just a lot of the bullshit downtime that just is attached That's exactly to what I'm saying. a relationship. Like you're in this relationship, you already put in the time, you're pretty comfortable with each other, right? Let's say you even have pretty healthy sex life um, and you're good. I mean, you're basically happy, but it's like a Saturday, Sunday afternoon and there's just nothing going on like... Again, you're way past the honeymoon period. You're just in this relationship, and you're just thinking to yourself, I'd rather be doing anything, be anywhere than in this house, looking at your fucking face right now. Not because I hate you, but just because I'm so sick of you. Just, I'm so sick of it, and I would just love for us both to go out and... Just have lunch, either by ourselves or with our separate group of friends or whatever it is. Like, and you can't because you're just kind of attached at that point. And I'm not saying that's how it has to be, but it just sort of feels like it, it's a natural progression. That's how we end up sometimes. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I always 
I always get real antsy and just sick of it in those situations. And that's the thing. Like, that's the test. You have to be there through just the bullshit part of it because that's the test of your relationship, really. You don't find it comforting at all? No. No, 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 no. I think you gave me the thought that's going to help me articulate this a little better. Um, So, like, I've went on a couple dates and I've, you know, dated a girl for a couple weeks. And then I get to the point where I'm sitting home on a Saturday, like Tim said, and it's like, I would much rather be watching this by myself than what you hear. And that's, <laughs> like, I'd rather just be by myself than have you here. So and it's not because they're a bad person or you hate them or it's just, no, it's just because just you know of... they're there and you have to, yeah, you have to make a second sandwich because they're there. I only want to make one fucking sandwich. I want my right. bread to last a little longer. Like, it's just the annoying shit like that that I I'd rather just my go if I feel like it. I want to fart if I feel like it. I want to do whatever and, and not feel judged or feel like there's I'm even in the presence of another person. Interesting. We are 100% on the same, on the same page with this one, Tim. So how often do you um, partake? Of the service. I spend about a thousand a month and it's about two hundred and fifty dollars a time. So about four times a month. Mm. That's a hefty yeah. allowance. Thinking of what do I spend a thousand a month on? Uh Jack um, Daniels. I was gonna say I spend a lot on liquor. Marijuana. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I spend a lot on that too. So right. <laughs> yeah. Especially Look, now with being legal and <laughs> managing your finances well, and budget. That's why I worked so. Yeah, that's why I worked so hard. I've worked yeah. up from the bottom just to be able to afford that, and now I can, and it doesn't even make a drop in the bucket for me, and I'm I'm happy with that. I mean, I got a mortgage that's a little over a thousand dollars a month, but honestly, I feel like Calvin, you might be spending your money better. Right? <laughs> Definitely. I should just sell this bitch. Like, <laughs> tired of it. I could be spending my money on stickers. Just rent. Well, Tim, I got lucky. I um, I say I got lucky, and then I'm about to tell you, I got hit by a car while walking to work about six years ago. No um, and I broke my back. Yeah, I broke my back in ten places, and I'm Ooh. I'm completely healed now. But uh, the guy who hit me was a drunk driver, so I got a hefty sum of money from that, and I was able to oh, buy wow. my house outright. So I don't have a mortgage payment. I own my house outright, and I just have to pay the taxes on it every year. Which That's in Jersey, nuts. the taxes suck. Pretty, they're pretty yeah, high. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, I got lucky enough to get a big enough settlement that I just bought my house outright. Awesome. Holy shit. So, a terrible thing to have happen. You legit broke your back. Uh, I mean, did you have to go through extensive rehab and all this? Like, were you laid up for a while? After yeah, I was, in the, I was in the hospital for two months, and then when I got out, I couldn't walk for another three. Ooh. And uh, and then when, I, then when I could walk, I could only walk for a little bit. And let me tell you, you don't know shame until you go to Walmart. Or any store, and you know, you're. I was 27 at the time. You're a young, able-bodied kid. And nobody knows what's wrong with you. And you get in one of those little wheelchair things, you know, uh-huh. the motorized ones. And the the looks you get from people, oh, uh, why is this guy in this chair? You know, 
it's, yeah. it's sickening because like they don't know my story. They don't know. Like, I legitimately couldn't walk more than 10 minutes. So I needed to be in those. But the comments you hear while you're in one of those, it's... Like it's kind of sick. Lazy motherfucker. Like right. the things that just they yeah. assume. Yeah, you. Oh, look at this young kid. Why is he in here? What if someone else needs it? It's like, I need it right now. I can't walk more than 10 minutes. I mean, that had to change your. On things, right? Having this happen to you when, as you say, you're young, able bodied, 27 years old, you're still kind of in that period of, I'm in my 20s, like nothing's really going to happen to me. And it, you just get blindsided. It so, definitely did, and it didn't only change my perspective, it changed what I could do even now. Like, if I'm going somewhere, and I, you know, and I know it's a bench seating or seats like that, I, I can't go, because I can't sit for that long, I won't be able to get up. You get uncomfortable. Yeah, because I have three steel rods in my back. Wow. So I can't sit for, for a long period of time, just because I know, like, you know, those those seats that don't have backs on them, I can't do that. So I have that's to like see with permanent. The like you, you have to have those yeah. steel rods forever, basically. Yeah, I'll n- I'll never get them out. Um, they stabilize my back because I crushed. I like I said, I crushed ten vertebrae. So, and you only have sixteen vertebrae in your back, so more than half. Jesus Christ! Do you remember this... anything from from the? I remember uh, leaving my house because I, I I used to walk to work. I only worked like five miles from my house so i used to walk every morning and i remember leaving and i remember putting my headphones in and then i woke up in the hospital 12 hours later my aunt was in the room because my mom was in prison at this time and i said what the fuck happened <laughs> and got this so i don't remember getting hit i don't remember the helicopter ride which cost me over a hundred thousand dollars because oh, that was the only thing my that was the only thing my insurance didn't cover because i have good insurance but they don't they don't um cover emergency things like a helicopter ride or, or an ambulance that's not covered yeah, by insurance emergency so transport i didn't have that yeah i didn't have that covered and it was a hundred and twelve thousand dollars but i got that covered in the settlement but that's abs- that's outrageous is, i can't believe yeah that's this unbelievable is, like this is what we do mm-hmm. here um, it's crazy to me that any emergency uh, services aren't covered by insurance. You know, if you get in an ambulance, that's not covered, and that's usually yeah. five, six hundred bucks, even if you only go a couple miles up the road. Mm-hmm. And it's something people don't think of either until it happens right. and they get hit with that bill. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, what are you going to do? Argue with them? You know, you yeah. need the fucking ambulance. <laughs> exactly. What the fuck? He'll just not pay it and become right. destitute. Yeah, basically, fuck which that. Is- Damn. What happens to a lot of people? That's the most expensive thing that I don't remember at all, though. That's the most expensive thing I've spent money on in my life that I don't remember. I don't remember being in the helicopter or anything. Probably best one, that sure. way. Yeah. You know, you don't want to remember that. That is outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, Your brain so. is protecting you by shielding those memories. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. I, I just, because even now, when I walk on the highway, I'm not afraid at all. Like, I don't, because I don't remember it. So it doesn't scare me when I will have to walk by traffic. Mm. Like, you have PTSD or anything. Yeah, I would. Kind of lingering and, uh, trauma. So that was a humbling experience, it sounds like. Uh, but you came out of it with a decent chunk of money. Uh, how long did that take to, before all was said and done and... I mean, did you just get a big 
check after a year, a few months, two years? I mean, how long did this process take? I got hit December 4th, 2013, and I got my settlement check in the mail on July 28th, 2017. So it took about four and a half years. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, I mean, and the amount of pushback you get from the medical system, like, they didn't want to give me disability. I had to send them the extras of my broken back and everything, and they didn't want to grant me temporary disability. But, yeah, I know people who are just fat and don't work and, and get disability, so I don't know how some people know how to work the system. They're fat. Yeah, some people just know how to work the system, and right? others don't, I guess. I mean, because it took me... I didn't get my disability until I was back at work already for four months. The six months I missed at work, I had absolutely no money coming in because I was not granted disability till after I had already returned to work. Fuck. You, so you went you... back to work after six months? Yes. Jesus. Because you basically had to. You had no money coming in. And... Exactly. I, I had to, and I mean... Just couldn't, you know, hoping that eventually it comes through, but you can only wait so long, right, for your disability benefits. Exactly, and I didn't do much at work for the first, like, five or six months I was back. You know, I was on, like, dude, I didn't lift anything. I didn't do anything. I was basically just in an administrative role entirely. I mean, that was my role anyway, but that's all I did. I just did the, the schedules and did the budget. I didn't do anything hands-on at all until probably about a year and a half later after the accident god that's something i never would have known or or guessed about you you know what i mean like this is as i said coming in blind to this uh conversation and it's just amazing because i knew you would have stories like that um it's just unreal to to think what somebody's experiences are that you would never know until you open that door, just get to talking and here we are. Um, I know you, I know uh, you've made comments before about an opioid dependency. Is that where that comes from? From your injuries? Um, well, I don't have one. I'm afraid to get one. So I will not take the pain meds because my mom is an opiate addict. My brother, mm-hmm. Um, my brother currently lives with me because he stole $2,000 from my mom and he got arrested um, and he crashed his car high on heroin. So my brother currently lives with me and I have to keep, you know, all my shit kind of on lock and key. He lives in my house and I, he has a curfew. He has rules. But yeah, my fa- it runs in my family so much that I won't even take, even when I first broke my back, I won't take the pain meds. So it probably took me longer to recover than it should have. And it was absolutely excruciating. And I mean, at that point, I was I was smoking so much weed because of that, because I didn't have, you know, there's no dependency issues for, with weed. So mm-hmm. I, I smoked so much weed. I mean, probably a quarter a day for Shit. eight months. Oh, my God. But I, needed to, I couldn't function. Yeah, I was in so much pain. I couldn't function unless I was really high. What were you and doing I mean, now? My you, when you had no, I'm sorry, when you had no money coming in for this 
period of time, uh, you're not working, your disability hasn't gotten approved. Are you uh, living with family or are you just relying on savings? Like what, what did you have to do to make ends meet? I, I moved in with my aunt. I lived with my aunt and um, I borrowed money from my grandfather. Um, yeah. Probably close to, I mean, it was like eight months that I had no money. So it was probably close to, you know, $10,000. Um, but I paid him back immediately when I got the um, settlement and I gave my aunt a good chunk. Yeah. And I gave my aunt a good chunk of money for letting me live with her for the time that she did. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the, they helped me out big time and thank God I had that. Cause I don't know what I would have done with, you know, nothing coming in at all. Wow. I mean, I have savings, but it, I mean, I didn't know how long I was going to need to rely on them, you know? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Because like I said, it took f- over four years to get the settlement, so I didn't know if that settlement was ever coming. Mm-hmm. Were you um, able to pocket any of that, or, or did you basically use it to um, pay people that you owed money to or you know felt like you owed money to in some way, uh, dealing with creditors, dealing with bills? You said you bought your house outright, which I imagine yeah. that would be huge. Um, was there anything left at the end of the day that you could say, I can, you know, either invest this or sit on it or, or whatever, um, that, uh, you, you felt like was still just yours for you. Yeah. $8,500 is what I ended up having left and and I put it all in the stock market. Um, and cool. I mean that's taken a hit a little bit this year, you know, uh-huh. with the way all the stocks have been down. But uh, I've invested, I reinvested a lot of it into Disney when Disney went below a hundred this year, and that's already paying off. And I got Berkshire Hathaway when it was below cost because oh, of the okay. pandemic. A lot of oh, stocks okay. went went way low. So yeah. I mean I think that'll bounce yeah. back very healthily once you know the economy opens back up. That's pretty savvy. When, I mean, when did you start playing I mean, the stock you market? Did, did stock you get into that as an interest or like before any of this happened or, or did somebody like, yeah. did you have a financial advisor, somebody smarten you up or was it just your own personal? My grandfather, my grandfather is a financial advisor. So every year for my birthday, he would say, Hey, I'll buy you three shares of whatever stock. And I would tell him a stock and, <laughs> So that was probably from the time I was 10 to 18. And then when I turned 18, he just turned over the portfolio to me and showed me what I had made over those years and what I had lost and went from there. Shit, I wish so- I had somebody like that. Right? That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, it is a great I idea. Mean, just to have some sort of, um, I don't know, participation in your own financial future when you're young without... Mm-hmm necessarily having the the responsibility and in, in eating some of those losses that would really hurt you and you can still see here are the consequences of your decisions that you made whether they were informed or not that that sounds like a great um just life learning kind of experience <laughs> It was. My only regret is that he let me pick the stocks. I wish he had picked because he got <laughs> well, in, he got in, 
Well, we got in Tesla at $75 a share. Tesla's now at $910 a share. My grandfather owns over 2,000 shares of Tesla. So it's shit like that that I wish that I had a. Uh, what did you pick? His investment, my own. You know, like WWE. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Shit that, I, shit that I like as a kid. I mean, even yeah. this year, an investment that I had that didn't go so well was Alpha Alpha Media, which was Vince McMahon's XFL company. Yeah. That didn't oh, go no. so well. But, oh, no. Yeah, that didn't go so so hot. But I mean, Disney's supposedly going to be buying that, so my Disney investment will even get an uptick from that. Hopefully. Nice. Did he ever try to nudge or, or steer you in, in a certain direction and be like, well, you could pick that stock or, you know, there's this that uh, you get on the ground floor of. Did he ever give you a little hints like that or anything? No, he didn't, because I think now he enjoys telling me how much of a dumbass I was back then when I got like <laughs> When I could have got Apple at pretty cheap, and instead I got, like, fucking Hasbro toys, you know? Like, because that's another yeah. one that I invested in because I, I liked the action figures when I was a kid, the the original Hasbro action figures. So instead of getting Apple, I got that. So he likes to remind me of that kind of shit. Like, hey, you could have had $150,000 right now, but instead he got 4,000. Oh, yeah, thanks, oh. asshole. But uh, yeah, he enjoys rubbing my face in it a little bit, so no no advice from him. Even now, to get advice from him on the stocks, and he's always hitting, but to get advice from him is it's not easy. Sounds a little diabolical, actually, right? now that you present it that way. <laughs> well, no, you know what it is? He's not going to give me for free what he gets paid for, so he yeah. told me, you pay me, I'll same advice. But if you don't pay me, I ain't giving you that advice for free. So I get, I get his. Place. Yeah, yeah, I, I get his uh, stance on it. Mm. Well, hey, at the end of the day, you got a stock portfolio that you can now manage however you want. So <laughs> by all the Hasbro and Jack specific and WWE stock, <laughs> it's in your. Well, well no, thankfully now. I've gotten better other than I still have a lot of WWE stock. But other than that, I've gotten better with my investments for the most part. Sounds like. Except for I'll follow Vince McMahon anywhere, and that doesn't always work out. I mean. <laughs> well, let's talk about your wrestling fandom a little bit. How'd you get started All in right, wrestling? Um, I got started pretty young. Um. The first event I really remember owning on tape was WrestleMania 6, um, which happened in April of 1990. So I would have been about to turn three, a month away from turning three. And uh, the reason that wrestling, I think, had such an impact on me is because, like I said, my father was gone when I was young. So I had no heroes in my life. So the people that were on the TV doing this incredible shit became my heroes because every little boy needs a hero. And I didn't have one to find at home, so I had to look to the TV to find him. And who better than the roid machine running down the ring and ripping the ropes off as a hero, you know? Um, so that's why even to this day, wrestling still is a big part of my life because it infected me so much when I was little that it just stays with stays with you. Who's your favorite that's wrestler? Something, yeah, that's something you don't necessarily think of is just... 
needing not so much role models, but these larger than life, almost superheroes, especially when you're a kid. And definitely that uh, late eighties, early nineties period uh, is sort of cartoony as it maybe is for WWF. It scratched that itch. Um, Interesting that you, yeah, would put it in those terms um, and how it kind of filled that void in your own life. That's, Something I never would have thought of, but I can totally, totally get that. Who's your favorite wrestler? And I think filling the void. I think filling the void is a part of the reason why my answer for the favorite wrestler is going to be who it is, and that's Mister Perfect because he wasn't the over the top guy. He was the role model guy, and I didn't have that in my life at all. I didn't have anyone to look on to and be like, "Oh, this is how you're supposed to be in life," and this is how. And the fact that he could catch his gum every fucking time was one of the coolest right. things to me. You know, like, he caught that gum every time. He'd throw it over, and he'd catch it every single time. And I didn't have anyone to look up to that wasn't completely fucking up. And he never did. He was perfect. So the fact that he was an example of what life could be, you know, I didn't know that it was fake back then. So I thought, oh, life could be this. You can spit your gum and catch it every time. You can... <laughs> So he really became my favorite guy because he didn't have flaws and my life was full of people that all they had was flaws. He kind of had that big dad energy too, mm. Mr. Perfect. Just his oh, whole yeah. look. In one whole, aspect, like, he sure did. My dad could beat up your dad kind of thing. My my dad is like <laughs> better at everything. Not even that, Tim. He had the pose down like he had just cut his lawn and it looked perfect. <laughs> yes. He had his yeah, that's like, exactly what I, I mean. I just cut my lawn and my lawn is better than your lawn. And right. that's what made me, this fucking guy is amazing. And that dad swagger. <laughs> yeah, and that's why my favorite match ever, and it's a match he loses, but my favorite match ever will forever be the 91 SummerSlam with him and Bret Hart. Oh, that's such a great match. Because it was the first time that Mr. Perfect, not only literally, but he, as a character, he didn't look perfect. You know, he came out and his hair looked like he had just got electroshocked after that match. It looked like he had licked his fingers and put it in a light socket. I mean, <laughs> and you could tell he could barely, you could tell he could barely walk. So it was the first time that Mr. Perfect didn't look perfect. And that added a lot of character for me to him. And I, I will forever love that match. It will always be my favorite match. And he still turns in a hell of a performance. Uh, but, I mean, against Bret Hart, someone who also is sort of described as rather dad-like, um, I mean, he's one of those, I, I, a lot of people who are big Bret Hart fans will say, growing up as a kid and, and being into Bret Hart was sort of, it felt like rooting for your dad. Because he was, again, that type of very wholesome character. And that's where he was just cutting his teeth as a singles wrestler. Um, I mean, that match is is really what catapulted him. So it's it really is the battle of my dad versus your dad. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I never got dad energy from Bret Hart. Like no? he kind of was like the douchebag older brother who was off at college when you were growing up. To me, right. like he was okay. never. Okay. He, more like the douchebag older brother who was in college, and that's why when the younger, when the younger kid brother like Sean came up and just smacked him in the head, it made me so happy because I just thought Bret Hart was, you know, he was pompous and he didn't, he didn't come off to me. 
He came off to me like the brother who's in Harvard while you're struggling in grade school, and he'll let you know about it at every turn. That's what he came off to me as. So when Sean came up and was brash, and I loved Sean, and I was never a Brett guy. So you're a Sean guy over Brett for sure. You can't be both is what I've learned apparently. No. Yeah, 100%. I, I could take or leave Bret Hart. I really don't care. WCW Bret Hart's a different story, but <laughs> WWF Bret Hart. So you're saying you are into WCW Bret Hart. I was into WCW Bret Hart because oh, that man. was like the Walter Matthau get off my lawn Bret Hart. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I, I like trying to tell people this. They, they don't yeah, I like the grumpy old man Bret Hart. Yes. You know? He's so absurd. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's he's absolutely ridiculous. He's a socks and sandals kind of guy at that point, I, and I like guys like that. He's a ridiculous human being. Oh, man. Oh, God, this has gone places. It really yeah, it has. It really has, yeah. And I feel like we barely even talked about anything. I know. That's the thing. Like, all I right, mean, so... You said both of your parents have been in prison. Right. Um, I feel like we need to touch on that a little bit. What happened? All right. Well, my dad went to prison when I was young. Um, he was smuggling drugs for people um, from Canada. He was going to Canada, getting him smuggling down um, marijuana, which at this point is not as big of a deal. But back then, mm-hmm. he got uh, 32 years. So he's been in prison since I was four years old and he's still in prison. He gets out next year. Um, but he never really wanted to talk. I've tried to reach out to him. So there won't be a relationship there when he does get out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my mom who never turned to drugs or anything until later on in life, I think she had a midlife crisis. Once my younger brother graduated high school, she didn't know what to do with herself. She got with the wrong kind of guy and, uh, she started smoking crack and she, robbed a 7-Eleven by our house, a McDonald's, and a Burger King. She put a club under her jacket and said it was a gun, so she got aggravated uh, robbery, and she she did six years in prison for that, and it was her first even arrest. She had never even had a parking ticket up to that point. Mm. And like I said, now she's completely got uh, a grip back on her life, and she's doing well, and so she's one of the rare success stories. Do you guys have a a good relationship today? Yeah, yeah. Me and my mom are completely fine. We're we're good. Um, Everything is good. I help her when I can help her. Uh, My grandfather actually bought her a house because, you know, she didn't have anywhere to go. And I didn't really, at that point, when she was first getting out, I wasn't comfortable with her living at my house. My grandparents are older. They didn't really want her living there. So my grandfather just bought her a house. Just kind of, you know, you have Mm -hmm. your own place here. You go fuck it up. Don't fuck it up, yeah. And she's and she's been out of jail since 2014 now, so it's almost it'll be six years in July next month. So she's doing she's doing really well. She's found religion, which I could take or leave, quite honestly, because she tries to involve me in it, and I don't really give a shit. But um, mm-hmm. it's worked for her, so I'll, I'll accept it as it working for her. I'll take yeah. that. Yeah, better than the alternative, right? Absolutely. I get to still have my mom in my life because if she didn't go to jail when she did, she probably would have been dead by now. So I'm glad it happened in the order that it happened. So she really got turned around. I mean, to go from being a a single parent sounds like doing pretty well by you and your brother 
Um, yeah. You know, your dad not being in the picture and then just maybe that empty nest syndrome, whatever it is, midlife crisis, as you put it, uh, she got twisted up and yeah, I really think wow, that's a fast because my, my mom was a very young mom. I mean, even now my mom's only 52 years old. So okay. I think it was an empty nest situation. She was, you know, young. She was 47, 48, and she no kids at the house. She didn't know what to do with herself, and she had never really gotten to live a youth. So I think that's what she did, but she took it way too far because youth shouldn't be involved with smoking crack and that stuff. So she just went way too far with it, and she suffered the penalty, and she's come out better on the other side. And it sounds like the environment, maybe the – the temptation or, or not even temptation, but opportunity perhaps was always there. Um, yeah. Which is something that it, some people don't necessarily have to think of. Like me being living where I live, like I'm in the suburbs, certainly. <laughs> I mean, I had a, a single mother also who largely raised me. Um, but I mean, my dad was in the picture uh, my mom had her issues, don't get me wrong. Um, I mean, got like a DUI when I was 14 and just uh, was dating a lot of the wrong people. But I think our environment was such that she could only really take it, but so far before reeling herself in, like she never really went down the deep end. Because that was just harder to do where we lived, where we, uh, fortunately, um, where our house was at the time, um, pretty good, pretty decent neighborhood. I mean, it's suburbs. And, I mean, this was, you know, the 90s. But I can definitely see in, in different circumstances, I could see having a similar story. So it just it just goes to show. So you feel like you said when your dad gets out that there will be no relationship there just because he's never wanted it or you're not open to it or both? I've reached out to him so many times over the years and he just doesn't respond back or the one time he did respond back. The only thing he asked me was to send him money. He didn't ask anything else, not how I was doing, nothing. So I think he, if he tries to pursue a relationship, it'll be for financial gain, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting into that. Mm-hmm. So he's so, shown no interest in having an actual relationship. So if he just all of a sudden has a change of heart, I'm not going to play into that because I really think it'll just be for financial reasons. Yeah, I can't blame you there. And just not knowing what to expect, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know who he is as a person. I mean, I don't 30... even think he knows. I mean, he's sure. he's been in jail since 1990. I mean, since like February of 90. So think about how much the world has changed in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. feel like 32 years is a lot of years for marijuana? Yeah, absolutely, but back then it was commonplace to get that kind of sense. Yeah. Hmm. It's like it's like now it's like legit legal to walk in in some places and just buy it. So I just yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's 
never commuted any sentences because you know you would think they would like commute sentences or something. They never did. Anyone who's in there's people who are doing life in prison for selling weed. Yeah, that's nonsense. God, it's crazy. He probably didn't have a lot of legal resources either to right. fight it no. so much, right? Yeah, no, not at all. Mm. So, what were you doing and kind of the... So, uh, alright, let me back up. After, after like, high school, you know, your mom went through went what she went through. Were you working? Were you... In college, like, what what happened to you during this? What what was going on in your life during this time period? It's a time period when my mom was um, in prison. I was already out of college. I had already graduated. I was working mm-hmm. at Marshalls as an assistant manager. I, I worked there for 10 years. I just left earlier this year to take over an opportunity to run my own store with uh, Acme. So, but I, I was already out of college at that point where'd you go to college i went to college at um the connecticut school of broadcasting interesting what what drew you what drew you there like just in terms of your uh, own interest or scholarship or something like that well I, I did get a scholarship but you know when i was a kid and even growing up, two of my biggest heroes were Mike and the Mad Dog because I would come home from school in the afternoon and my mom was working because she was a single mom and I didn't really have much guidance or anything. So I would turn on, at first, the the radio and listen to Mike and the Mad Dog in the afternoon, but then they switched over to TV when the Yankees got their own network and they were on from 1 to 6.30 every day. And mm. it was just, it became familiar to me to listen to these voices and these voices became, you know, like almost a part of the family. You hear them every day for five and a half hours. Yep. And uh, when 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 Mad Dog left the the when he left Francesa and went and started his own show, that was one of the saddest days of my life. And I've been through a lot of shit, and it didn't affect <laughs> me the way that them breaking up affected me. And it was weird because it's two people I've never met, but them breaking up affected me more than. You know, maybe it's because I was so young when it happened, but it affected me more than my dad going to prison or anything because those guys were, my dad was never really there. Those guys were there for me every single day from, I started listening to them probably in like 94 all the way till they broke up, which I believe was like 2008. So that's, that's Oof. a long time yeah. to have people in your life every afternoon. So that breakup affected me more than any other breakup in my life. I, I kind of wanted to go sleep with both of their moms and send them pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely should have. <laughs> I want to hear that. Right? <laughs> A devoted fan has taken this, this breakup very hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> so well, I mean that's something really, really important for you so, it, and you yeah. wanted and you kind of wanted to, to do your own thing in, in that same realm I take it yeah and I got my degree in communications and I mean now yeah I'm not in the communication field because here's the thing that really screwed me up with getting out of college at the time I did 
podcasts were just starting to hit at that time and become big, and all of a sudden, you didn't need a degree. Anybody could sit there and record any of their thoughts. You didn't. And on top of that, everyone in the radio business and stuff stays forever. You can sit in front of a microphone until you're 85 talking. Yeah. So I didn't really think that through. So that's why I ended up in the service industry rather than actually using my degree. But communication comes in big time, Andy. I think that's why I react to my employees the way I do, just because of my experience in the communication field. Yeah, still learn something even if you're not um, working directly in that field it, i mean it, it still teaches you a lot um it, not just the skills to do what you do today working with people but i mean the work that you have to put in and just it, it says something to go through that to get a degree in anything is like you put in the damn work like you had the patience and the perseverance and the intelligence to do this um and that's broadly applicable to a lot of things. So, I mean, let's face it, who really uses their degree anyway? Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's true. And with the financial impact that it has in our country, you know, it really sucks if you get a degree and you don't do much, if anything, with it because you're going to be paying that thing off for 10, 12 years. I yep. mean, yeah. God. Yeah, that's that's a bubble that's fixing the burst but the, that's another story certainly the college dropout in me always loves it when somebody says eh, i don't use my degree anyway i'm always like all right well, <laughs> i yeah. feel better about that mm-hmm. um yeah i'm trying to think of people who i know who do <laughs> and it's a somewhat short list i will say right um which is fine i mean you I still earned your people, yeah. shit so All right, so I mean, you're you're in your twenties, graduated college, uh, working at Marshalls. You said, right? Um, yes. Sir. Where where does this intersect with? Is this after the the long term relationship you had that ended with you nailing? Um, well, the epilogue to it was you nailing her mother. <laughs> was this after that or during college? This was. Well, Marshalls was after, but I had done that the um, summer going into my sophomore year of college. Okay. Just wanted to keep my timeline straight in your progression, you see. So so when is your your baby face turn? Getting run over by a car is what I'm thinking. (laughs) Yeah, that was like my barbershop window moment. Um, Mm -hmm. I got thrown through the barbershop window. And I came back and people couldn't boo me and I respected life a little bit more. So I I had more empathy for people. But yeah, before that, I mean, I really didn't. Let me tell you a story about why I got suspended in high school. Go back a little bit. Yeah, please. So there there was this girl. I mean, and this is an awful story. This really shows my scumbaggery. So there was this girl who, I, I mean, I don't know what was wrong with her, but she wasn't verbal. She didn't speak um, but every morning she would come up and our lockers were in a hallway where the music room was and it was a pretty remote section of the school there was a music room there was a greenhouse the stage to the auditorium was there but not a lot of classrooms there not a lot of people went down there 
And uh, this girl would come up every day and she would run into me and go huh, 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 and make sounds. I don't know if she liked me. I don't know if it was like a mating call or what. <laughs> I felt really uncomfortable. I'm trying not I to laugh. To, but just... I went to the um, principal and stuff and I said, this girl keeps doing this shit. Can you tell her to stop? I feel like she's bullying me. They didn't do anything. And it kept going. So one day I she was small. I mean, she was really little. One day I picked her up and I locked her in the greenhouse. No. And like I said, not verbal or anything. So she ended up being in there all day. And I don't know if it was like her handler or whoever got her out of there. But she had soiled herself and shit today. And I got suspended for three weeks for that. But I mean, I really feel like the school was at fault because I went to them you numerous tried. times and said, this girl won't stop grunting at me. She won't stop running into me. And I don't like it. And they didn't listen to me just because, oh, she's special, so she can do whatever. I don't care if you're special. You can't do whatever the fuck you want. You're making other people uncomfortable. I'm asking you to please stop. You're not. So, And you know what's funny? They said she didn't know any better. But after I did that, she never came by me again. So she fucking did know better. <laughs> I felt vindicated by the fact that she never came back by me again. It was well worth the three weeks that I took off of school. Yeah. Well, uh, that's layered. Uh, I mean, yeah, that Look, was a harsh. Villain, a villain does not consider himself a villain. Right. And the best villains, in fact, are those who uh, kind of have a point. Yeah. Right? Right. It's more so yeah, how relatable. they would about expressing that <laughs> point that uh, maybe leaves a little to be desired. And so this was... Um, it sounds like one of the many ways that you uh, navigated your world. And um, I don't know, like, maybe it could have been handled differently, but yeah, I kind of see where coming from. I don't know how I could have handled it differently. I went to people, I, to I to told them, hey, please. Yeah, and they weren't doing anything, and this girl was going to fucking run into me every day and grunt, and I couldn't, I didn't want to deal with that anymore, and I solved the issue, because it never once again happened, and they kept telling me, oh, she doesn't know better, she did know better, because she never did it again. Learned a lesson, it sounds like. Yeah, and that happened my freshman year of high school, so she had three more years that she could have been running into me, and I wasn't going to deal with that shit for three more years, so I nipped it in the butt quickly. You're a problem solver. That's what you are. Did you have anything like that happen in high school, Jenny? Oh, God. Uh, anything like that? No, if anybody was running up on me, I was all about it. Um, <laughs> you no. didn't lock anybody in lockers or yourself get locked in any, or greenhouses, as it no, were? No, no, I mean, I, I've mentioned before how I was sort of a bully, but I, I wasn't that kind of bully. I was... More of a social bully. Um, I didn't. I didn't inflict any bodily, except for that one girl when I kicked her in the ass at the baseball game when we got in a fight. But um, oh. that was not. That was just. I mean, <laughs> she was just a bitch. I was a con. <laughs> so. <laughs> I object to the bully notion, though. She was bullying me. I just took care of it. I didn't engage her first. She was engaging me. She was bullying me. I just solved the issue. You did. You did. You weren't trying to be vindictive or anything. You're 
As you put it, solving a problem. Problem solver. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize she didn't know how to unlock a door when I put her in there. I thought she could open the door. I didn't realize she couldn't. I didn't think she was going to be in there all day. I thought it was going to be a couple minute situation and she was sure, see, but she... That makes more sense to me, yes. It's really yes. misunderstanding. It, it, it really is. You were misunderstood. Yes. We, we bought into the heel gimmick right here, Tim. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is who we are, though. We go it to is. The heel. Yeah, you're right. Well, and you know what? Also, though, I, I I don't know about you, but I think this speaks to a lot of humanity. It's I just enjoy a redemption story. Uh, I I just am a sucker for it. It's like we're all about second chances, right? Sometimes even third and fourth chances. Let's face it. But at the end of the day, somebody turns it around. I I just I like that narrative. It just is a good story. So, nowadays, what would you do if the same problem popped up? And what, how would you handle it now that you're a babyface? I mean, now I'd probably throw her 50 bucks and have sex with her. I mean, <laughs> that's probably how I would handle it at this point. <laughs> well, she seems interested. So. <laughs> I think she was interested. I think she was doing like a ritual mating call or something. I really don't know. But I would, you know, try to look into it a little deeper and see what it actually means. I love it. 50 bucks, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's go. See how far it yeah, I'm not going to pay the top of the line professional price. I mean, she's not exactly a professional. She's coming off the amateur circuit, mm. so she's not going to get the top dollar. Mm. <laughs> um, well, this brings to mind a question um, that I would like to talk more about because um, one of your nicknames in, in the group chat for a long time was Blowjob Babyface. <laughs> And I find this fascinating. What was the reasoning behind well, that? This might actually be my baby face turn, Tim. Okay. Now, what, now I don't really prefer blowjobs because I feel bad for the girl. I mean, what is the girl getting out of this? She's Hold doing on. all the work. Um, have you always been this way? Yes, I, I've. I've been this way since the time I got... I mean, when I got my first full job, I wasn't reading stories or braiding hair, but sure. as, shortly after that, shortly after that, I was, because I realized quickly, like, what, like they're not getting any benefit from this at all. <laughs> you know, that, that's no, not necessarily not. true. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I what, mean, the, the, the vitamins and minerals from your sperm is the benefit? Well, I mean, other than that, they're okay. not really getting... <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean it's, some it's, people are, are into um, giving yes. more than. Well, I guess they're also receiving in a way, but I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Like, there, some people are are into the act of what whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm speaking from a different um, uh, perspective, I guess. Uh, again, we're going getting back into perspectives here, but. Um, I mean, that's certainly a thing with men. And I, I would have to think that some women are into uh, 
giving or I'm sure they're into receiving oral, but also there are women who are into giving oral. Maybe not a lot, but mm-hmm. I feel like they should exist. Jenny, help me out. Yes, they do exist. Okay. Uh, that, that's, that's true, and I've had some enthusiastic ones too, but then here's my problem. I don't know what to do with my hands, and I have like severe ADHD, oh. so I need something hands so the first time this ever happened where i started this gimmick that i've now kept up of reading them a story was i was at this girl's house getting a blowjob and i didn't know what to do with my hands so i reached over on the desk and on the desk was one fish two fish red fish blue fish so I picked up and i started reading dramatically reading it to her and she seemed to you know giggle at first like what the fuck's going on but she didn't stop she seemed to enjoy it, and I then had something to do to occupy my time in between. Oh, yeah, that feels good. I I had other things to occupy my time with, so I dramatically read this, and it's now led to where I do something like that each time. I mean, I've, went, I've even read, like, you know, more serious stuff. Like, I've read the court scene in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird dramatically. I've read about the... <laughs> Oh, no. oh, oh yes, I've read the Atticus Finch speech. I've once read the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> um, a little Pride and Prejudice, maybe. Little War and Peace. A lot of my friends call me PN Seuss, you know, because of the wrestling thing. I'm so PN News, but PN Seuss, pre not Doctor Seuss. <laughs> so a lot of my friends call me PN Seuss. oh well so it's uh, so it it is not enjoyable for you just because of that or no it's enjoyable for me but it's more enjoyable for me if i'm acting like if i'm acting like a complete lunatic reading them a story while it's happening i mean it's enjoyable for me i don't think anyone would tell you that a blowjob is not enjoyable i just would rather be doing other things. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes it less awkward, is, is what you're saying. Because less they, awkward. Okay. Well, not, yeah, that's, what I, that's one of my but questions. Jen, is, of the, hold on. Let me ask you a question, Jenny. What part of the match do you like better, the entrances or the actual fighting? That's the thing. Mm. Blowjobs is like the entrance. I'd rather get to the actual match. Mm. Huh. Fair. That's an analogy I, I hadn't considered. And I think it just depends on the skill level, also. It's important, too. Do you just kind of spring this on them like they don't know that they're about to get a dramatic reenactment of Atticus Finch? <laughs> like, do they just not know this is this is about to happen or think that this is your particular kink and just roll with it? I mean, how is this um, is this presented or set up in any kind of way? No, I like to spring it on them, but at this okay. point, um, now that I'm in the world of professionals, I get like the same two or three girls usually, so they know what the deal oh, is so at this point now. Yeah. And, yeah, and they kind of enjoy it. I mean, the one girl will look and be like, oh, what book do you have for today? Oh, uh, can you pick a different book? You know? Like, <laughs> do they make requests ever? <laughs> yeah, not necessarily requests, but oh, can, don't read that book. Read something else. <laughs> like the one girl Look, I was I reading on. Uh, I, don't want I was reading Greetings and Ham. <laughs> I was reading Greetings and Ham to the one girl, and she wasn't really into it. So then I switched. I switched to uh, the Prisoner of Azkaban, and she was more into that. Yes. 
before he went to Hogwarts on that third year. So it makes you feel less awkward. They may feel more awkward, but you're paying them anyway, so who cares, right? They definitely feel more awkward, but I like making people feel awkward. I like making people feel comfortable. I I like making people go, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? I enjoy that. In all aspects of my life, I like making people go, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Does he have some kind of mental illness or like, so I like playing that card. That helps me a lot, actually. Me too, uh, also. I see. I'm sure you guys know that from some of the conversations that I have or what I bring into the chats. I'm sure you guys probably think, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And I enjoy that and I do that on purpose. <laughs> I think we kind of don't often react the way other people do something like if no me and else, tim are not a good example of how to yeah i can't uh, really I can be only... made to feel awkward by someone else's behavior like i'll i'll feel awkward because of my own behavior, right you know what i mean but someone yeah. else doing something i just kind of uh, try to enjoy the experience as much as possible uh which is why i've enjoyed so much of this conversation also, yes. On on uh the blowjob babyface phenomenon is what um wow that's funny to me that you just uh developed this um so early on this gimmick and you still kind of it's not like you're gonna turn it down it's not like you're not gonna want a beach you know paying for it or otherwise but you just you need to indulge in this um, th- this other uh, side to it, having something to read or perform or whatever it may be. Yeah, and I really like reading, so I kind of look forward to it even more because I, I enjoy reading a lot. I mean, I read a lot of books. Hmm. What if you had your own Audible like service? <laughs> so you just, same setup, you just record it. And it's it's an audio book uh, while you're getting a blowjob. I I would do that. Sit down, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. <laughs> That's what I want to read dramatically while getting blue. Um, the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere is probably my favorite one. I, that's probably the one I've went to the most times. Okay. <laughs> you can really inflect, you know, and show danger and, and in your voice, and you can really make it a production. So that's my favorite one to read. Has okay. So another question. Um, let's let's take out let's take the professionals out of the equation. Someone you're just seeing, whether a long term relationship or or whatever it is, you're not paying them. You're not paying them. And and you start you go through your usual like you start to read something. Has anyone ever said, "Hey, look, can you stop that? You're ruining the experience for me." No, they usually just are so confused by what the fuck is going on. They just, you know, try to get to the next step quicker. And really, that's my goal, to get to the next step quicker anyway. So, yeah, success in my book. All right. They're like, he's not into this. Uh... Because I would, okay, I could tell you, I would be the one to say, 
okay, what are you doing? Well, just it makes me feel more comfortable because this, this is an awkward thing and I don't know what to do with myself. I'd be like, then you know what? We're not doing it. We're not doing it, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not into if it. If we're not both into it, then I'm just not going to yeah. do that. Because so. that's my, my, my attitude is it's not a chore for me. Um, I can see how it is for for some people might feel like a chore to to do that and you know you give them something to laugh about or just a distraction it it sort of makes it easier or whatever but for me I'd be like ah eh, this this not what I signed up for I'm yeah. not you need to not do that or we're not doing this I mean has anybody got offended by it I've had two girls stopped with a blowjob and one actually left and the other one said, okay, we're not doing this part. I said, okay, then let's just get to the sex. And we still had sex and that's fine by me. I'd rather skip the blowjob anyway. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're fine with just skipping it. Yeah, I I don't really prefer the blowjob. I could care less about it. That's why I make it as awkward as possible and read. But now, Tim, let me ask you a question. I took uh-huh. the time to research what your favorite book was. What if I took the time to research what your favorite book was and what your favorite passage in that book was, and that's what I read to you while you were doing it? Would you feel differently? Knowing that I, I invested the time to know what you liked? You know, I would appreciate the effort, mm-hmm. um, and but I would kindly, I, I would very diplomatically say, you know, what's going to happen is every time I read that or think about that now, I'm going to think about this. Right. And I don't want those two worlds to to collide (laughs) so much. Um, But thank you for for your thoughtfulness. Um, But um, I I just, I just want to be able to do this. And, uh, you know, if, if it doesn't work for you without you being able to read something, then great. We just won't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're okay with that, then, uh, cool. I'd like to do this, <laughs> but otherwise we could skip it. You know, it's totally fine either way. But I'm not getting read to. <laughs> what about sung to, Tim? Would you feel differently about being sung to? Um, I get that's a real. It depends. Uh. That feels different than, than being read. I don't know why it feels different than being read to, but it just does. It feels maybe less comical. I don't know, but it, it would I, have to depend. It well, would have I, to depend on the song. Okay. It, hmm. it feels less um, insulting, I think, because a lot of people, when they're just bored, they'll just read. You know what I mean? So it feels hmm. like. Uh, more dismissive if you're reading and more um i guess maybe intimate if you're singing if that makes sense no that does and that's why i'm reading because i am bored i don't know what to do with my hands so right right blow job entirely but if we're gonna do it this is what's gonna make me get through it is me reading you the midnight rider part of here What what if, what if that was somebody's kink, like their specific kink? Like, oh, then we'd probably get married, tomorrow. right? That would be your soulmate. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, we'd probably get 
married tomorrow, and then instead of a honeymoon, we just go to the fucking bookstore. <laughs> Here's the other thing. I wouldn't be able to stop laughing. Like, right. I'd probably be kind of pissed or offended at first. Mm. I mean, assuming I wanted to do it in the first place, mm. and I'm not someone just getting paid because, again, you sort of, whatever. Like, you, you could give it a shit as long as you're making your money. But, I mean... It's like you're getting hot and heavy, getting down to business, and then somebody picks up a book. I mean... Yeah, you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, at first I'd be kind of like, what a weirdo, you know, this is not cool. And then I think I would just struggle not to laugh. Mm -hmm. And and you can't do both at the same time, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't know if I could... I don't know if I could get through it, me personally. I don't know. It's just that 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 would be a new one. Um, but I, I I enjoy learning about the range of things that people are just into. Me too. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and we have learned a lot. So many things. So Calvin always a blowjob baby face, but not um, person personality character wise a baby face. Maybe until um, the somewhat humbling life experience of literally getting run over, back broken, uh, coming back from that. Pretty amazing, um, and I still just feel like that's <laughs> the tip of the iceberg here. Right. With- yeah. Some of these stories. Just. <sighs> Jenny, Damn. what do you have left on the table? Anything? No, I'm spent after blowjob baby face, if I'm being honest. Okay. I, I've <laughs> climaxed and. Uh... <laughs> that was a great place to be. Right? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, Calvin. Um, do you have any words of wisdom <laughs> for anyone who's, who's going through it right now? Who's in a, who's in a dark place, who's maybe, um, in a place that, that you were some years ago, um, just, you know, stew, stewing in negativity or, uh, just being, not the best version of themselves. What can you tell them? Absolutely. Just always remember that um, where you are currently is not the final destination. You can always work to a better place. As long as you have drive, you have, have opportunity in front of you. The second you lose your drive, then you've settled for your lot in life. But while you still have drive, you still have opportunity to move up. So don't get discouraged and just keep going. I like it. Me too. I need it. I think I needed that. Thank you. I for think that. I kind of did too, you actually. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a struggle right now. More, it is. more, more often than uh, than it has been. Um, Probably in in recent years, I think a lot of us can agree. It's not oh, been yeah. um, an outstanding start to a new decade here, but we uh, all you can do is keep putting one foot in front of the other. Know that your track record 
for getting through things if you are alive today is 100%. So maybe you could have handled things differently, better, who knows, but you're still alive. And that's something to work with as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. And I think once you hit 30, the chances that you've already lived your worst day are probably pretty good because you care a lot more about other people's opinions and stuff when you're a teenager. So other people's actions have a lot bigger of an effect on you and can affect your day a lot more. So you've mm-hmm. probably felt way shittier about yourself when you were a kid than you're ever going to feel about it as an adult. So just think that you've already survived the worst you're going to feel. So everything else from there is uphill. I like that attitude. Me too. Can I get you to um um text my son like daily affirmations? <laughs> text. Can you tell us the meaning of life? Yes, please. please. Um, my son is very interested yeah. in the meaning of life. Yeah. Your son Jenny is one of the strongest people that I mean I don't know him personally, but he's one of the strongest people I know. I try to tell him that all the time, but he never believes me. That's crazy. I mean, the disease he lives with is debilitating and he gets through it and he always has a smile on his face. So that kid's doing a lot better than most people are doing. That's what I try to tell him, man. But, you know, I can't dismiss the way that he feels and his experience and his truth. So I just have to try to parrot through it. It sucks sometimes because I don't don't fucking know anything. Does he not know that I'm a hot mess? (laughs) Like... I feel yeah, bad. I feel even bad know. for him. Like he deserves better than this bullshit that he got right here. <laughs> 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 <That's bad. laughs> like I wish I wish I were like better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not funny just the way that you did it. But I do. I mean I do and you know, everybody you know, like do this for your kid, do this for him. I, I do a lot for him, but like, I'm still me, and there's a lot of there that's not great, so, um, well, sorry. Sure, it could always be better, but uh, it could always be a lot worse, yeah. too, so, just, oh, yeah. you can't it so hard on yourself, nobody knows what they're signing up for, but you get through it, and, uh, Man, I sure can't say what the meaning of life is, Mm-mm. but we're all here doing the best that we can, so, hey, what's the saying? Be excellent to each other, right? And party on. And party on. Way to bring it home, Tim. So I, I try to do. That. I think that is the meaning of life. You think so? Maybe yeah, I should tell him that. You can't look for something bigger than that. There's no grand uniting statement you can make there's no it's not like you can say well here's the plan here's the design that's come on get that out of your head mm-hmm. yeah the to each the other meaning of life, literally, i literally think the meaning of life is get through the next day and make that day better than yesterday was that's that's how you gotta look at life get to the next day and make that day better than today was mm-hmm. if you don't have two bad days in a row you're doing pretty good if you have two, don't make it three. I mean, I literally think that's the meaning of life. Limit your bad days. That's what I tried to tell him. But anyway. All right. Uh, we are going to wrap it up, and we are going to talk about a couple of things that we have going on. Tim, what do you have going on? 
Oh, what do I have going on? Everything that I have going on podcast-wise is pretty much with you these days, <laughs> these days Jenny. Uh, and I think the first and foremost that comes to mind is the Journey Through Infinity, mm-hmm. which is the podcast that you and I do together on this very podcast network with our friends Justin, sometimes JT Rosero, and Scott Criscolo going through movie by movie and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Our most recent installment was Thor, the doo shit world, right? <laughs> yes. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, and we will have another episode. It's a monthly show. So so if you didn't enjoy the, the last installment, as occasionally we do not, depending on the movie, uh, there will be another one coming soon on the journey through infinity. Now, outside of the Jenny position, you and I, Jenny, are on the Place to Be Nation wrestling podcast feed, mm-hmm. where we are two-thirds of talking WCW. That is with our good friend and co-host, Greg Phillips, and we just take a wrestler and WCW, not even necessarily a wrestler, sometimes a person, sometimes a concept, sometimes an idea. Sometimes a match type, a pay-per-view, you name it. One theme per episode. One theme. We take three representative matches for that theme and talk about it. And uh, we wrapped up our last episode of Talking WCW. That was on, gosh, refresh my memory, Jenny. That was on Randy Savage. Randy Savage, the Macho Man. I believe that was chosen by you, was he not? It was. Yeah. And our next episode is going to be covering Goldberg. Goldberg. Chosen by me. Yep. So look for that on Place to Be Nation Wrestling. Uh, we also have Talking. Now, this is actually uh, Talking WCW is a spinoff of Talking Pop. People forget that because yes. they're on different feeds now, but, but that's the truth. But we also have another wrestling-centric program on Place Me Nation Wrestling, that being PTB NXT, you and I, and Jacob Williams, just going through the network era of NXT that is on the WWE Network, starting with calendar year 2014. We have gotten through, not TakeOver, but Arrival, mm-hmm. the first TakeOver-type event, uh, and some television after that that we are going to be covering leading into what will be, I think, the first takeover that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, we cover about three episodes of television per show, you, I, and Jacob, and uh, it's a fun experience. We get into <laughs> the nuances and a lot of stuff on the side. Um, it's It's a... It's quite the experience doing that podcast uh, for us and probably for our listeners, but we try to have something for everyone on PTB NXT. So beyond that, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Psych68, uh, C-Y-K-E-6-8 on your Twitter machine where I've not been real active here recently, but I'll try to change that. What about you, Calvin? Um, any social media that you want to talk about or any podcasting, perhaps? 
No, this was my first podcast. Um, it was a lot of fun. I look forward to doing it again. I'm trying to get on uh, the game show that JT has. I think I can at least give Ryan Everett a challenge, which not many people have been doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That great. would be great. Yeah. For body press your luck, I want to see you on it. Yes. Hear you on it. Yeah, I would, I would like to go on it. It's, that's a goal. I would like to go on it. I think I could do all right, at least. And uh, Ryan's been dominating that show. It's been really impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, he beat them the last show while feeding a baby. So It was amazing. Um, do you want, uh, do you have a Twitter or any other social to throw out there if you want I do, people to? I do not. I do not. You do not. All right. That's perfectly okay. I do not. I, I'm, I am not on Twitter. Nope. All right. Well, um, I am. I'm at Jenny Position on Twitter and the Facebook page. And, um, I have a bunch of feed or a bunch of shows on this feed. Um, including Bianca's first time. You should be able to hear that soon. Uh, we watched Dirty Dancing, and that was amazing. Um, and I have a new... Did Bianca have the time of her life? Today? She did. We both mm, did. The we first had... time of her life. We had the time of our wow. life. Wow. Um, in which I admitted that while I was a child, I did not realize that there was an abortion in that movie. <laughs> I don't think I remember there's an abortion in that like movie. Like, it just totally missed me. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, half the movie is about this, but. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that was funny. It's probably been a while since I've seen that one, but right. duly noted. I should have a new episode of um, You Heard About Pluto coming up soon. And, of course, Freak Out Drive In. Um, I think the next one is a real doozy with Nate Milton. And I'll just leave it at that. A freak out driving? A freak out driving with Nate. Oh, yes. Nate's great on freak out driving. Yes. Um, Alright, so thank you, Calvin. I'm so happy to have uh, been a part of popping your podcast, Cherry, um, with Tim. This is our specialty. We like, we like being the first. Yeah, we like first timers. Good Bianca. I mean, bless her heart. Thank you for listening. Good night. Tim, how did you know? How did you know about the bean conspiracy? I I mean, I knew that a a nut was a a legume, but am I even saying that right? Like, that's a weird. (laughs) A weird word. Yeah, legume? I no idea. It's French. As the it's French, French say, I believe, so I think yeah. it's legume. Legume. Who the fuck knows? It's, it's probably pronounced Lego for all the fuck we know. I mean, yeah. who knows? <laughs> We're the brain trust over here. So, yeah, I mean, I knew it was one of those things, but I didn't really associate that with being a bean necessarily right right? yeah so but i guess if you put it that way yeah it's in the it's more in the bean family it's more in the vegetable family than the nut family bean butter just doesn't sound very good bean right you want nut butter (laughs) all day sure do